Hello everybody, and welcome back to Fantasy Breakout, where you can get the best information on players, stats, and storylines. I'm your host, Austin Cunningham, and I'll take you through everything you need to know to break away from the rest of your league. Now, in today's show, we are going to have two main segments to help you have everything you need to know from around the NFL to be ready for next year's fantasy football season. In our first segment this week, I will get into the quarterbacks that finished in the top 10 at the position this past year and break down why they finished there and if they can do it again next year. Finally, we will focus on the coaching carousel and why it is so influential on fantasy football. Let's get into the top 10 quarterbacks. Quarterback is arguably the hardest and most important position in the game. It takes the best of the best to succeed and to play at a high level, which is a big reason why only 9 quarterbacks have thrown for more than 5,000 passing yards in a season. These top 10 quarterback rankings are based on where players finish the year in fantasy in a 4-point passing touchdown league. We will start with number 10 and work our way down to number 1 as I break down their seasons, why they finished where they did, and how I look at them going into next year. First up, we have Baker Mayfield, who had a total of 274.06 fantasy points and finished 10th at the position. No one expected Baker and the Bucks to go very far this year. The Buccaneers took on $81 million in dead cap space this year after Tom Brady retired. Baker had been bouncing around the league before coming to the Bucks after the Browns traded him to the Panthers. After he was let go by the Panthers, Mayfield was claimed by the Rams. Rams head coach Sean McVay may have saved Mayfield's career when he let him take over for the last five games of the 2022 season. Mayfield showed enough with the Rams to be brought in by the Buccaneers to compete for the starting job with Kyle Trask. He ended up winning the starting job and having a huge year while leading the Bucks to the divisional round of the playoffs. Mayfield completed 64.3% of his passes over the course of the season for 4,044 yards and 28 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Mayfield and wide receiver Mike Evans were on the same page throughout the year, helping Mayfield have the best numbers of his career since 2020. Baker was a relevant streaming option in fantasy this year as he averaged 16.1 points per game. He didn't have much production when it came to running the ball, though. For pocket passers in fantasy like Mayfield, it can be harder to maintain a consistent level for fantasy from season to season. Lots of factors will go into Baker's fantasy production next year, such as the departure of offensive coordinator Dave Canales, the status of Mike Evans in free agency, and what the Bucks choose to do in the draft. I think that the most likely scenario is that both Mayfield and Evans end up re-signing with the Buccaneers, and that Mayfield will be outside of the top 10 next year. We had more quarterback injuries this year than any other year, and if guys like Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow stay healthy, then Mayfield will likely be a streaming option for fantasy, but not your top 10-12 to 12 option. At number 9, we have CJ Stroud. After being drafted by the Texans with the second overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, Stroud has never looked back. Typically, for fantasy football rookie quarterbacks, they can't sustain more than one top 15 wide receiver. Stroud was able to support Nico Collins and Tank Dell right away. Stroud led the Texans to a 10-7 record in the divisional round of the playoffs in his rookie campaign and was very startable for fantasy football. Stroud had most of his fantasy production come through the air as he completed 63.9% of his passes for 4,108 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. He averaged 18.4 fantasy points per game, and if he didn't miss 3 games, then he could have finished much higher. If you are wondering just how much higher, well, if we scored his average of 18.4 points for each of the three games he missed, 
than he would have tied for fourth with Lamar Jackson with 331.22 total fantasy points. Normally, you just look for rookie quarterbacks to at least show flashes of talent throughout their rookie year so that there is hope of them becoming something great. Stroud already is a great quarterback and will only continue to get better as he progresses and the Texans build their team around him. He has young pass catchers like Tank Dell and Nico Collins around him already, and I think that Stroud will probably have at least another top 10 season next year and should definitely be started in all leagues. Coming in at number 9, we have Patrick Mahomes. Despite leading the Chiefs to an 11-6 record and a Super Bowl berth, Mahomes had a disappointing fantasy season. On average, Mahomes was going in drafts at around the 11th overall pick and was the first quarterback off the board. It really isn't all Mahomes' fault though, he still played at a very high level throughout the season, hence the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl yet again. The truth is that the Chiefs did Mahomes a disservice by not providing him more talent at wide receiver. The Chiefs drafted Rasheed Rice who broke out down the final stretch of the season, but outside of that, they didn't make any moves to get Ma- give Mahomes any real help. No stat sums up the struggles of the wide receiver room more than the, being the NFL leaders in drop passes with 44. With all that being said, the Chiefs will probably make moves in the offseason to add to the wide receiver room, and Mahomes is a superstar QB both in fantasy and in real life. He completed 67.2% of his passes for 4,183 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions, while averaging 17.51 fantasy points per game. Going into next year, I wouldn't go around drafting Mahomes at the 11th overall pick, but he should still be considered a top 5 fantasy quarterback. At number 7, we have Jared Goff. Goff had a phenomenal year, leading the Lions to their first division title in 30 years, and the first time the Lions won two playoff games in a season in over 65 years. There are a lot of reasons that I think Goff had such an amazing season, such as coaching and having an amazing set of skilled position players around him. Head coach Dan Campbell has installed an amazing culture within the Lions organization, and offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has been interviewed for many head coaching positions around the NFL, largely because of his play calling. Goff also had a lot of offensive weapons to work with, both on the ground and through the air. Rookies Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta played big roles in the offense alongside Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery. Goff finished the year having completed 67.3% of his passes, for 4,575 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions, while averaging 17.01 fantasy points per game. Goff is a solid fantasy option for fantasy teams, especially when playing at home. Make sure you go back and listen to my first episode to hear my complete analysis of the effect of home field advantage when it comes to fantasy points. I think that Goff will be a fringe top 10 option next year and a great play depending on his weekly matchups. At number 6, we have Brock Purdy. Well, Mr. Irrelevant became relevant pretty fast now, didn't he? I'm going to try to refrain from making too many Purdy puns throughout the segment and focus on just how good Purdy has been. After he was picked with the very last pick in the draft just two seasons ago, he led the 49ers to a 12-5 record and a Super Bowl berth as they will play the Chiefs in the big game. The critics of Purdy have been coming out in full force over the last couple of months, but everything he has done on the field has proven that he's not only a legit NFL starter, He is playing better than most other quarterbacks right now. Yes, it's true that Purdy probably has one of the best offensive coaches in the game in Kyle Shanahan, as well as a crazy talented group of players around him, but Purdy has been amazing in every situation thrown at him. He completed 69.4% of his passes for 4,280 yards, 
31 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions, while averaging 18.48 fantasy points per game. Purdy will continue to be a great option for fantasy managers, especially if guys like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle can stay healthy. Our first top 5 fantasy quarterback is Jordan Love. I don't think that anyone expected Jordan Love to be as good as he was both on the field and in fantasy football. Love largely exceeded expectations as he led the Packers to the divisional round of the playoffs where they just fell short of beating the 49ers. The Packers were using this year to see if they wanted to commit to Jordan Love long term and after the season, the answer is a resounding yes. Love completed 64.2% of his passes for 4,159 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions, averaging 18.77 fantasy points per game. The Packers are an up-and-coming team with a lot of great young players. If rookies like Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, and Donatavian Wicks can take a step forward next year, then the Packers could become a very dangerous team next year. I think Love showed a lot of potential this season and that he will only get better with time. While I don't think that Love will finish in the top 5 again next year, he is still a top 10 QB who you can probably get good value on in next year's draft. Coming in at number 4, we have Lamar Jackson. Jackson had a great year after getting his record-setting contract in the offseason as he led the Ravens to the AFC Championship game where they lost to the Chiefs. Jackson is our first true rushing quarterback on this list as he ran for 821 yards and 5 TDs. Rushing output is huge for quarterbacks in fantasy. Having a running quarterback in fantasy is like having two ways lined up to win in tic-tac-toe, because if the opponent or defense stops you from going one way, there's still another way to win. Jackson was able to beat defenses with a combination of passing and rushing. Even if defenses were good against the pass, Jackson would still have a good fantasy output because of his rushing ability. Lamar was also way more consistent this year, averaging 20.7 fantasy points per game and only missing the last game of the season after clinching the one seed. The addition of offensive coordinator Todd Monken also helped open up the passing game for Jackson, as he completed 67.2% of his passes for 3,678 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. He did this despite losing his favorite target Mark Andrews to injury over the last 6 games of the season. Lamar should have another very productive year next year and should be locked in as a top 5 fantasy quarterback heading into next year. At number 3, we have Dak Prescott. Dak had an MVP caliber season this year as he led the Cowboys to a 12-5 record. While he may struggle in the NFL playoffs, he won fantasy managers championships throughout the fantasy playoffs. Prescott looked a lot better after last season's interception-filled season, and he and CeeDee Lamb were virtually unstoppable after week 5. While Dak added some rushing value, most of his production came through the air as he completed 69.5% of his passes for 4,516 yards, 36 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. Dak was third in the league in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns, and his quarterback rating of 72.7 was the second highest in the league. He also averaged the fifth most fantasy points per game with 20.17. I think that Dak will have another amazing year for fantasy football and will once again have the upside to finish in the top tier next year. Like Jordan Love, I think that Prescott is probably going to be a steal in drafts next year and should be locked into fantasy lineups. At number 2, we have Jalen Hurts. I think that despite Hurts having another excellent year, it was probably overshadowed by the Eagles' late season collapse as they lost 5 out of their last 6 games, not counting the playoffs. Even though the Eagles may have struggled late in the season, Hurts did not. 
He had a high output both passing and rushing despite his knee injury. He averaged 20.99 points per game, and he completed 65.4% of his passes for 3,585 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. On the ground, he added 605 yards for a whopping 15 touchdowns, thanks to the Eagles' infamous tush push. Even if the tush push gets banned next year, I think that Hertz will get plenty of rushing touchdowns from the one-yard line as the Eagles converted around 90% of quarterback sneaks before implementing the tush push. While Hertz still had a stellar fantasy season, it was a down season in real life. I think that Hertz will bounce back next year and likely have an even better fantasy year. Hertz is a locked-in top-three quarterback and should be drafted that way next year. Finally, we have our number one fantasy quarterback in Josh Allen. Unlike Hertz and the Eagles, when the Bills struggled to move the ball on offense, they were able to overcome it and put together an 11-6 record and a divisional round appearance. Allen is a true dual-threat quarterback with elite rushing and throwing ability. He completed 66.5% of his passes for 4,306 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions. Even though he threw the second-most interceptions, he was still a superstar quarterback for fantasy thanks to the addition of his rushing output. He ran for 524 yards and 15 touchdowns. He averaged 23.1 points per game and has the benefit of interim offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey getting promoted to stay the OC for the Bills. Allen has a great group of guys around him in Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, and James Cook. Allen should be a top two fantasy quarterback next year and will continue to be an elite quarterback. Before we move on to our coaching carousel segment, I want to remind you not to forget about the injured QBs. We had a record number of quarterback injuries this year, and you can probably get many of them later in drafts because of it. Don't forget about guys like Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins, and many others. Having said that, let's get into the coaching carousel. This week, I wanted to focus on how coaching affects fantasy players, as well as analyzing some of the coaching moves made this offseason. The hiring of different head coaches, offensive coordinators, and defensive coordinators has a big effect on players both fantasy-wise and in real life. Since we are focused on fantasy football, we are going to focus more on head coaches and offensive coordinators, but it's important not to forget about how the defenses can affect the offenses. First, let's focus on head coaches. For the most part, there are two types of coaches in the NFL, offensive-minded coaches and defensive-minded coaches. This means that a coach either comes from an offensive or defensive background. For example, Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. This means that he is more knowledgeable on the defensive side of the ball, leaving offensive play calling to the offensive coordinator. For fantasy football, it is usually better when players have an offensive-minded head coach, especially one that is good at calling the offensive plays like Sean McVay or Andy Reid. Having a coach who knows the offense tends to open up the playbook and use the players that they have effectively. A defensive-minded head coach tends to coach up really good defenses, but then the offensive production is left in the hands of the offensive coordinator, for better or for worse. It is also important to realize that not all head coaches call either the offensive or defensive plays. For example, when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, he let offensive coordinator Kellen Moore call the plays even though he was an offensive-minded coach. Realizing who calls the plays for a team and how to view them can help us fantasy managers predict which players can be positively or negatively impacted. Since most of this week's news is about various different coaching hires, I'm going to talk you through where they came from, if they are offensive or defensive minded, and how they will affect their teams. 
First up, we have probably the most notable coaching hire of the offseason when the Chargers hired Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Not only is Harbaugh an experienced coach, but he is also a proven winner, bringing success with him everywhere he goes. He coached the 49ers and led them to the Super Bowl before becoming the head coach at the University of Michigan and winning the national championship with the Wolverines this year. I think that the excitement around Harbaugh is definitely well-founded, but it could be a process for the Chargers. Harbaugh will absolutely help improve the Chargers' culture, but as for Justin Herbert and the offense, it remains to be seen who will call the plays after Kellen Moore was hired by the Eagles. After firing Frank Reich midway through the season, the Panthers are starting fresh with their hiring of Dave Canales. Canales joins the Panthers after calling the plays as the Buccaneers' offensive coordinator. Canales did a great job with the Bucs this year, helping to enhance a Baker Mayfield-led offense and get them to the divisional round of the playoffs. News has come out saying that Canales will call the plays for the Panthers, which will only help Bryce Young to take a step forward in his sophomore year. After firing Arthur Smith as the team missed the playoffs yet again, the Falcons are hiring Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their head coach. Morris served as the Rams DC from 2021 to 2023, which includes the year the Rams had one of the best defenses in the league and went on to win the Super Bowl. I've heard nothing but good things about Morris, and he is well past due for another shot at a head coaching job. Since Morris is a defensive coach, he hired Zach Robinson to be the offensive coordinator and call the plays. Robinson was the quarterback's coach and passing coordinator for the Rams before accepting the Falcons' OC job. The biggest factor for the Falcons' offense, though, isn't necessarily who is calling the plays, but who their quarterback will be. The Titans shocked the NFL world after they fired Mike Vrabel and hired Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their head coach. Callahan was super successful with the Bengals as he led the way for Joe Burrow on offense. A lot remains up in the air for the Titans with Derrick Henry being a free agent and having Will Levis at QB, but the hire of Callahan is most likely a positive for Titans players in fantasy and in real life. Two other notable coaching hires occurred with Antonio Pierce no longer being the interim head coach for the Raiders, but the full-time head coach. I think formally hiring Pierce as head coach will be a huge morale boost for the Raiders players and organization, and they should have some momentum going into next year. Another notable head coaching change is when the Patriots mutually parted ways with longtime coach Bill Belichick, and they promoted linebackers coach Jared Mayo to fill their head coaching position. Hiring Mayo could be a good thing for the culture of the Patriots organization, but you have to wonder if hiring a defensive coach was the right choice when the glaring issue for the Patriots is the offense. In the latest head coaching hire in the NFL, the Seahawks announced that they intend to hire Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their head coach. This move should definitely be a huge help for the Seahawks defense that has struggled at times, but we'll just have to wait and see what ends up changing on the offensive side of the ball. The last thing that I wanted to mention when it comes to head coaching jobs in the NFL is that the Commanders are the last team remaining that currently has a head coaching vacancy after Ron Rivera was fired in the offseason. As soon as the Commanders fill that vacancy, I will analyze it in the new segment of the next show. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining The Breakout. If you like the show, please show your support by following the show wherever you may be listening. Remember that you can now listen into the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and most other podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. I'll catch you guys next week as I'll walk you through all the news from across the NFL, break down this year's top 10 running backs, and give you an inside trick on how to play rookies.